You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief over at ArrowheadPride.com. And this is the podcast where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll provide just a little bit of color along the way. It's week one. Chiefs versus Jacksonville Jaguars. This is what we've been waiting for for months. You can catch the game on Sunday at noon Arrowhead time. The Arrowhead Pride tailgate begins at 10 a.m. on 610 Sports Radio with myself and Ken Swanson, and that's live. So if you're in the Kansas City area, you can catch it on 610. If you're not, you can catch it on the radio.com app. That's 610 Sports Radio starting at 10 a.m. Sunday. But on to the coordinators in their week one preparations. We're going to start with offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. continue on with defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo and finish up with special teams coordinator Uncle Dave Tobe to see what he's got in store for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But again, we're going to start with the enemy. Here's Eric Bieniemy from the podium. As a OC, what's the best way to manage this uh, committee situation where you're going to now have a guy coming in late um, up against the starter for snap and so on and so forth? Well, first of all, I think we've had a, a great deal of experience of <laughs> managing a bunch of uh, unique uh, talent in that backfield. So you do it the same way. First of all, you want to see exactly what would, what's going to stick, what's he's going to, uh, what information he's going to retain. We just want to make sure when we're utilizing LaShawn that we're giving him the best opportunity to be himself. But also, too, we got some, some talented kids here that have done a heck of a job. I mean, hell. You got uh, young Darwin, you got Damien, and we still got, you know, D. Will, who kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But we're blessed and fortunate to have him a part of our family. When it's all said and done, we're we just, we just going to continue to chop wood like we always do. What did you see from McCoy at practice yesterday? You know what? I, I saw a veteran who understands football. Uh, some of the stuff, obviously, that he's been exposed to is a little new. But other than that, I mean, LaShawn is LaShawn. You know, he's been in this league for a reason for the amount of time that he has been. And one thing that you see is he's a unique football player. How fast is he picking up the playbook just from what you've seen in meetings and discussions? You know what? After one day, it's, it's tough to tell. I don't want to put that pressure on him. You know, but at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that he's good with whatever we decide to do when he's out there. And then he can go out there and not think and just react and play. What, what have your conversations been like with Damien Williams? You know, he was, he is, still is the starter. What's it been like for him to... <laughs> it's been outstanding. You know, Damien, you, one thing I will say, Coach Reed has done an outstanding job of building a family. One thing that we take a lot of pride in here is that our guys understand the big picture. This ain't about the individual. This is about the organization and, and the team. We always want to concentrate and do what is best for us. That's going to give us the best opportunity to win every Sunday. So if it's something that, that's not going to benefit us, then why do it? But if we feel that it's something that's going to help us moving forward, let's invest into it and let's go wholeheartedly. Let's do it the right way. So when it's all said and done with, numbers don't count. It's about getting the ring. So if that's going to give us an opportunity to do so and chase it and go get it, then 
let's make sure, let's all move ahead in the same direction. With the numbers that Patrick put up last year, it's almost <coughs> difficult to imagine him being better than he was a year ago, but how can he be better? I think if you ask Pat, he would probably say, hey, he would love to win a Super Bowl. One thing that I focus on just tell, talking to the guys about, I don't want anybody to feel like we got to go set the world on fire. The only thing we need to do is make sure that we have one point more than our opponent. Let's just go line up. Let's go play hard. Let's go play fast. Let's have a sense of urgency and a sense of purpose in everything that we do. And then if we play with the second effort that I know we're capable of playing, then you know what? We'll give ourselves a chance. What kind of impact can McCole Hardman have on offense you know, this first week that really counts? Well, I think all of our guys can have a, a huge impact because I, it's, it's going to be hot. You know, just like it's hot out here, uh, you know, just rotating the guys and getting everybody in the mix and getting everybody involved. Just like we said before, we coach all of our starters not to get their jobs taken by the backup players, but also, too, we're coaching our backup players to be starters. So everyone is being treated the same. We want our guys, regardless of what jersey number or what last name they have, if you're on that field, you're just as important as the next man. Eric, what do you remember most? As a former running back about your first NFL start, being on the field, the excitement, anticipation, and how much of that are you eager to see from a guy you've been impressed with all offseason and training camp in Darwin Thompson? Uh, you know what? I, it's, I say this. <laughs> I remember my start. It was one start, you know. It was a lone start. <laughs> it was an exciting start. <laughs> It was so long ago, we played in the Houston Astrodome. I was with the Cincinnati Bengals. But I, I mean, you, you never forget those days. And at, when it's all said and done, when you get an opportunity to put an NFL uniform on, and you get to share that locker room and all the highs and lows that takes place within being in that family and in this community, you have a tendency to remember everything. And Yes, I do remember that long start, but you know what? I also remember my fourth year going to the Super Bowl. I also remember uh, being a part of a Cincinnati Bengal organization that beat Pittsburgh. I also remember playing an entire season uh, with Coach Reed in 1999 in his first season as a head coach. So there's, there's plenty of things to, to, to look back upon that I've been blessed and fortunate to be a part of. Had to game plan against Campbell and Ngakwe and all the guys they have up front, but for them to add 41 to the rookie, just you know, in limited experience as far as what you guys have seen from him on tape, just what kind of problems he present for you guys? You know, this is, this defense is, is is very skilled. I mean, I think as an organization, these guys have done a great job of building this this defense to fit their scheme. I mean, they're, they're, they play fast. They got some guys that can get up the field. They got some guys that can rush the passer. Obviously, they drafted the, uh, the young kid out of Kentucky. Coach Madhouse has given us everything, you know, on him. And obviously, that's not going to be enough because we still got to line up and go play against him. Uh, they got some... I mean, they got a hell of a backer who I think is probably one of the best running backs that could have came out in the draft, and Miles Jack, but I'm just biased. Uh, and then they got one of the top corners, premier corner in the league, and Jalen Ramsey and the other kid ain't bad at all. So our guys, we just got to go out and play. We know that we're going to get the best effort each and every week. That's the challenge. We have to go out there and display who we are every single day and every single play of that particular game. So regardless of the opponent, we just got to make sure that we're right mentally 
and that we can go out and display our physical capabilities. How does Hill handle a challenge like that? I mean, I know it's similar to last year, but knowing that Ramsey's going to be right up against him, it's been out there um, once again. Uh, like I said, with all due respect, um, Jalen Ramsey is a, is, a, <laughs> is a hell of a player. He's going to be who he is. He's going to line up. He's going to have some great plays. We're expecting uh, our guy to go out there and play just as good. But we look at it as, you know what, we're lining up against, to go play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's the Kansas City Chiefs versus them. And made the best team win. You mentioned Coach Reed in 99. What's the biggest difference of Reed now to, to back then 20 years ago? Um, you know what? It's probably the same. I just know this, that, that camp in 1999 was a little special because it was hot as hell every day. And that was old school tour days. So those days are, are not allowed anymore. <laughs> Come on, Marcus. Uh, the, the last time you guys played in Jackson, I don't know if you remember this, but it was your first game. Yes, sir. Your all's first game with the Chiefs. Like, I know you weren't part of 2012, but from your perspective, like, what's the most the most important thing you guys did to get this franchise, you know, from there to where you guys are right now. Well, I think everything starts with the top. It starts with ownership. I think the ownership here has been great over the years. It's an historical organization. Coach Reed have, have always been one of the top coaches, in my opinion, in the league who does an outstanding job of, of, of uh, teaching and raising young uh, assistant coaches to become head coaches. And so just the family atmosphere that is here, that we're surrounded with, that just goes to show you the temperament and everybody enjoy coming, you know, enjoy coming to work. And I've always said this, and I say this to young coaches, it's not where you work, but more importantly, who you work with. And I think we're all blessed and fortunate to have an opportunity to work for Clark Hunt and also to add to that, to have this opportunity to work for uh, Coach Reed. So that's Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy ahead of the team's first game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I had two main takeaways from that first press conference. First, with LaShawn McCoy. I think the Chiefs are still in the process of figuring out what is McCoy going to be able to do on Sunday. My thought on McCoy is that they'll probably build in what I would think is 5 to 10 to 15 plays for him to be a part of, and he just has to work on knowing those, at least for this week. Then as week two and week three and week four happen, you'll see more and more McCoy in this offense until I think he's taking more snaps than Damian Williams. The good thing about Damian Williams is that it does really seem that he's taking this McCoy acquisition in stride. He's looking at it as competition. That's only going to help the team. And a kudos to him because he gets in the camp and he has to deal with Carlos Hyde. Then there's Darwin Thompson who's showing out. And you're wondering if Darwin Thompson can take his position. Then all of a sudden you bring in LaShawn McCoy who Andy Reid drafted back in 2009. And now he has to deal with that. Just a tremendous attitude out of Williams, I think, for just being able to deal with this adversity. The second point that I took away from the enemy was in my question about McCole Hardman. Didn't really answer the question about Hardman, but more so said that there'll be a lot of Chiefs players on offense involved on Sunday. It seemed like because it's going to be really hot in Jacksonville, so players are going to get tired a little bit more easier. I tend to think you'll see offensive skill position players rotating in and out. So you may get to see some of Byron Pringle. You may get to see if it comes to it, Tremont Smith mixing in with the offense. You may get to see a little bit of McCole Hardman filling in for Demarcus Robinson to keep these guys fresh and what will be extreme heat down in Florida. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. 
because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, we're going to continue on with defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo. Here's Spagnolo from the podium. Everybody's got all their little gizmos up here. <laughs> um, listen, I'm apologizing in advance. I got a cold, so it's going to sound a little... It's not the Boston accent. It's just the sinuses or whatever. Um, I, I mean, the only thing I would say opening up is we're really looking forward to having uh, the regular season open up. I'm excited to see what we got. And the only way we know is if we get out there in a real game. So with that, I'll open it up. Would you have liked more snaps in the preseason with the starters? I, I think everybody would, yeah. Yeah, it didn't work out that way and uh, for the right reasons. Um, I think we're relatively healthy. Uh, I, you know, just the other day I was looking at a depth chart um, as we began training camp. And for a little bit there, I forgot about, you guys remember Keith Reeser? That, that we that we lost. I mean, I, you don't even boom. You just move on and you go to the next guy. But uh, hopefully he's getting healthy. But you know the the corner. We'd like to have as many corners as we can. Uh, but snaps, yeah, certainly. I think Steve, what do you think of as the biggest X factors? I mean, might be too many to say. Or X factors on uh, for, for how the defense will do. What, what, yeah. What's, what's weighing on you? Well, one thing, and I'm going to talk with them uh, Friday or Saturday about it is. Um, I think that it's natural when you're in something new that if things go the right way early, confidence builds. Now, the flip side of the coin happens too. Um, and I think we need to protect against that. If it doesn't go great out of the gate here, uh, and I'm not talking about just one game, uh, the, the challenge will be to trust what we're doing, trust each other, et cetera, et cetera. So, and I think it's good to talk about that. I call it managing the downside. Um, because this league is ups and downs. It, it, there's no such thing as perfect, and it won't be perfect. Um, we just got to work out the kinks. And in the first game, the challenge always is what you do over on the sideline in between series more so than, um, and everybody's going through the same thing. It's multiplied a little bit by the fact that um, the team we're getting ready to play has a new coordinator and has a new quarterback. Um, a lot of unknowns. Uh, so we do the best we can in prepping them and then We'll see what happens. Andy, I think it's got four cornerbacks once since 13. I mean, that's just obviously a small number. How yeah. comfortable are you with four guys? Well, I, I think what, uh, what Andy and, and Brett would tell you is we try to keep the best 53, and uh, they, those guys grind away at finding that, and it happened to be, end up being four. 
Um, it feels light, and yet um, it's happened before. I mean, by the time you get to the 46, it's sometimes it's four, and then you got to get somebody to cross train. But we'll work our way through it. What yeah. did you lose in, in Breland Speaks, and who do you have in mind that can maybe fill that role? Well, TK obviously has been in there. It was good to get Emmanuel back. Um, I thought he was, Coach Daly and I both thought he was playing really well before he got the oblique, and that set him back a little bit. It took a little while for him to get his groove again. Uh, hopefully he's found that. But those are the four that we'll go with. I mean, we'll miss Breland, and hopefully he can get back to health and get him back next year. But we've got four others. Sorry, Steve. Mm -hmm. didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, no. You went to camp with roughly 45 defensive players, and you looked at them all, and you gave them all a chance to make the roster. But the guys who are here now, the guys who made it on the 53 defensively, yeah. defensively, was there a guy or two guys maybe who kind of were a revelation to you? You maybe didn't expect them to be here at this point? Or well, I didn't know a lot about Rashad Fenton. Um, I mean, I know we uh, we knew a little bit about him coming out of college, but could he play inside? You know, was he an outside guy? So anytime uh, it's a rookie, I think there's a little bit of unknown. I mean, I think we all felt comfortable with Juan, uh, obviously when we drafted him. But what about TK? Yeah, it, he's a good one to bring up uh, because when you watch film of him last year, I knew about him coming out of Villanova. Uh, but when you watch Phil in the last year, he was certainly on, in a two-point stance and on his feet a lot, and it was a little bit different for him. But I'm, I kind of like where he is now. I think he does, too. Um, but look, there's still a learning curve there for him. It's different than playing defensive end at Villanova University and playing defensive end in the NFL. And uh, you all know this, that the speed of this game goes from uh, preseason games to faster during regular season games to faster during play. It just gets faster. And so... You know, him getting in a regular season game at that position is going to be faster, and let's see, let's see where it goes. You yeah. mentioned before the, the idea of having defensive linemen that can rotate, that can yeah. play inside, outside. Is this almost sort of a, a, an ideal sort of scenario for this game, obviously with the Heat, obviously playing a, yeah. a mostly unknown opponent on the other side? You're carrying about seven or eight <laughs> defensive linemen. How much are you eager to see? how well they can all work together. Yeah, I, you know, in the, listen, Frank's a good football player and so is an Oak. Um, I've been in this situation before. It's hard to put those guys over on the sideline, you know. But I think you got to do it early on. Uh, and, and it's good to get in a rotation, especially inside. Uh, it, you know, we got to be dealing with the heat, but look at the heat's more mental. Coach Reed will tell you that than anything else. Uh, I think we've done a good job in training camps. Hopefully, we can fight through that. But I think anytime you can have, anytime you can rotate those big bodies in there, and we'll see where we are with all that when we come out. I think that's a good thing. Last year was your first year off since like 1980. Just how yeah. excited are you to get back on the sideline and scheming and yelling? Yeah. And good things you like to do? Yeah, you bring up a good point. It's you know the, the I've always I have always loved the preparation going into the game and then just seeing how they perform. You know, with that preparation, I think that's exciting. Um, sometimes it can get frustrating, but. I always said if I wasn't coaching football, first I'd coach hockey, but if I wasn't doing that, I might want to like be an architect or something. Because you build, like an architect builds, or you know, and then you see something at the end. So uh, hopefully what we see on Sunday will be a good thing. Uh, but I do enjoy that. Yeah. We often hear coaches talk about communication, especially on, on defense, it seems like. What, what's the most 
pivotal aspect of that, and, and it, it makes it complicated. Yeah, I, it's not so much the pivotal aspect is the guy in the middle, which is the Mike linebacker for us, and I think Hitch has done a really good job. I, that really hadn't been his spot, but I'm gonna tell you what. Talk about a guy that studies it and takes pride in it and wants to do well with it. I think the, the other guys are starting to get confidence in him. That's the second thing. It's one thing as a Mike linebacker to be blurting it out and be assertive. It's the next thing for the your guys to say, okay, what he's saying is what I should do, and they all rock and roll with it. Um, that guy's really important. And then the next guy on the back end would be the two safeties uh, communicating together. But that all, listen, that's no different than any defense. I don't care what package you're in. There's got to be that communication. And you, but you don't really know until you get in the thick of things. You know, you really don't. And you to them is part of it yeah, too, right? Yeah, no question. Yeah, getting it right. They do understand how I talk now with my <laughs> accent. Um, it's funny. I, you know, I, Hitch was saying something the other day to check on the field. And I'm, what, I said, what did you say? You know, and he was just saying it differently than I would. But the guys understood, and that's the most important thing, you know, play to play. On the back end there with Teron Matthew, obviously he didn't get a lot of time this yeah. season. Do you change anything you task him with and because of that? Uh, you know, we're just going to, listen, we've put a bunch of reps into what we have and what we're doing, and we're not going to venture too far from that. We put a couple of wrinkles in for this team because that's what you do every week. He's a pro. Um, <laughs> He gets out there, and I think the guys trust him, too. So hopefully it'll piece together. We'll find out. A couple more, guys. Uh, we talked a little bit about, like, you want more snaps, right? And yeah. everybody's so new. So it seems logical that your group will be better later in the season than early. But in, when it is early, what, what are some clues that people should look for to see, you know, is, is this thing clicking? Is it working? I'll let you know on uh, Monday. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I don't know what the clues are, except that um, the proof is in the pudding. So if we perform, it's probably safe to assume we're doing decent in that department. If we don't perform, it can be a lot of different things, but it'll probably, a lot of it will come back to that. I talk to the guys all the time about, listen, we preach snap to the whistle, right? Going hard, being relentless. To me, from whistle to snap is just as important. You know, teams are going no huddle and, you know, me getting it to them, them getting it to, you know, the whole thing. I, that's really, really important, especially in this game. We, we play in the NFL now um, with the stresses that the offense puts on you with substitutions, with the no huddles and different tempos. Um, and we haven't seen a lot of that. We've talked a lot about it. We've been, been working on it as best we can. I mean, our offense is not a no huddle team. So every day you're in a huddle. That's opposite. When New York, uh, Ben was always no huddle. We practiced the whole thing no huddle. And there's plus and minuses to both. Um, it's just when you go into a game and you haven't worked it, it takes a little while to get used to. So hopefully the guys will will step up. Get what, it done. Type, what type of challenges is just Foles you know, now that he's getting a chance to? Yeah, I got, a, I got a great deal of respect for, um, for him. I mean, just I got, I've been in Philadelphia a lot. and. Uh, He's well-respected. He's a good football player. I don't know if he gets enough credit for what he does on the football field. I mean, he's such a high-character guy. Um, but from the chin to the hairline and the way he operates during the course of the game, and the other thing about him is, look, he's not afraid to take a little bit of a risk. And the, usually the risks that he takes, you know, are successful. Hopefully that doesn't happen this week. But, but he's, like, he's challenging to play against, no question. So that's Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, And you could tell from that press conference why he's so well-liked around the league and in media circles. Just really courteous, really willing to answer whatever question you throw at him. And one of the questions I had was his comfort with having just four cornerbacks, four true cornerbacks in the team. You could make a case at Tremont Smith as a cornerback again, but he was a wide receiver last week. So there's only four cornerbacks that so you really feel like 
could make an impact for the Chiefs. They are Bashad Breeland, Charvarius Ward, Kendall Fuller, and Rashad Fenton, the rookie behind them. If you look at the unofficial depth chart for the Chiefs, Fenton is backing up each cornerback position. So that's where we're at with Chiefs cornerbacks. They do feel like Tyron Matthew and Juan Thornhill could play cornerback if they need to. So if there's an injury, they do have backups available, ready to go on the outside, on the inside. Fenton could fill in on the inside, and then you could see Matthew kick to the outside. So there's a lot of options there. But still, you could hear in Spagnuolo's voice that he'd rather there be more cornerbacks than just the four. I thought that was really interesting that he brought up Keith Reeser. It's just how fluid the National Football League is. We don't even talk about Reeser anymore, and he was supposed to be probably this fourth or fifth cornerback, and you'd feel a little bit better about the season if he did not tear his ACL during training camp. I also thought it was cool to see how excited that Spagnuolo is to get this season going, and he's not too worried about the fact that the Chiefs, as a starting unit, have only had two or three snaps in the preseason. Yeah, this is going to be the first time this unit is together, but again, the Chiefs went one and three in the preseason. I think you'll see that they perform much better when they're solid here with Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, the stars all together, Juan Thornhill's obviously going to play an impact, and you know the Chiefs like him because if ESPN's Lewis Riddick is talking about him, and this is not a guy who's been around the team through training camp in the preseason, that means it's coming from the front office. I think they see Thornhill as this potential defensive rookie of the year candidate. That remains to be seen. Again, week one, this Sunday, noon hour ahead time. Chiefs versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to wrap up from the podium with special teams coordinator Dave Tobe. Here's Tobe from the podium. So you're going to uh, guarantee us a punt return for a touchdown? Yeah, guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> First touch too, right? So, seriously, um, it seems like a lot of stranger things happen and unusual things happen in openers, maybe in the kicking game. Remember, you remember your first punt? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember it well. Yeah. I mean, uh, thanks for reminding me again. But Do you um, have more anxiety about those kinds of things? Always. First game, yeah, first game, you're always worried about your protection. You're always worried about your coverage units. Uh, you got new guys in there, so... Um, it's it's definitely you know I I was up last night just with my eyes you know just wide awake at three in the morning just thinking about things that could happen so um, yeah you know that happens in the first game you get a couple games under your belt then you're then you feel a little bit more comfortable and know what you got. How, how do you feel about this year's group of guys? I feel good going in. I, I feel good every year going in you know but then there's always you know there's always some things some question question marks you don't know how guys are going to react when it's when it's real you know and, and there's a few guys there that. Uh, you know that they're going to be in their first real game. You know, and so it, I always tell the guys the speed is different. You know, you can play all the preseason games in the world, but when it, when the game is real, the speed is different, especially on special teams. Does it look like you're going to go with Tyreek Punt and then Tremont Kick, or maybe? Yeah, yeah, we we got a lot of guys, and, and you're going to see all those guys back there. Uh, that's that's one of the things that is fortunate for us. We have a lot of guys that can do it. Um, you know, those two guys are our top guys, and. Uh, you know, you want to get your top guys in there as much as possible. Where does Hardman fit in? He's he's in there. He's in the mix. He's he'll get back there too as well. Yep. You won't have Anthony Thomas this week, and I know he's a big factor mm-hmm. on special teams. Yep. But you kind of make up for his absence. Uh, you know, we got Tremont. Uh, Tremont Smith does a lot. Uh, a lot of the same positions that he plays. Um, you know, and, and there's not a lot of drop off. He had an excellent game in that last preseason game. He really earned his spot. Uh, you know, on, you know, as far as special teams goes and. He had tackles. He had great return. I mean, he was he was doing it all. So uh, he's a guy that would fill that spot. Uh, Pringles, another one that, that fills those spots. So uh, you know, when when the Anthony comes back, you know, obviously we'll have to make a decision what we're going to do. But uh, that's for those guys upstairs to make that decision. 
With, with Sean McCoy suddenly in the mix, does that mean that Darwin Thompson becomes a guy that you may be able to figure out how to use in some capacity? Sure. I mean, that, that's a possibility. I mean, if he's up, if he's active, uh, anybody that's active will use. You know, some guys might have to be down. And, you know, there's seven guys that have to be down every week, so uh, that's always a factor, you know, so. Um, but but Darwin Darwin is is you told about uh, uh, Williams or Thompson Thompson, Thompson. Thompson. okay I'm, yes 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 he's definitely going to be a factor Williams too yeah Williams <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave, Damien go ahead with Tyreek um, is there any balance of I'm saying like pitch count but are are you going to use him all the time or is it based on maybe how many touches you get in the offense and I mean I, you know it's that's going to be a game plan thing uh you know we're going to use him as much as we can obviously I mean if he's getting a lot of reps we have to be smart you know I mean I don't want to get put a tired guy back there either so sure. you know especially if we have other guys that can do it okay. with, uh, with with Harrison um you mentioned the season this Butker, season yeah. yeah just trying to stretch him as far as you can is do you feel you're confident sort of wondering where his range is or do you even want to sort of test we, that in the first couple of weeks? Of yeah, I feel a lot more comfortable now that he can he can take it back further than he, than he has in the past. You know, we, we used to take him back 53. Now now we, we feel more comfortable 55, 56, you know, so uh, that's a credit to him and how hard he's been working and his consistency and his confidence. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. He had it. He he was mad at himself, and he actually left it right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so that's kind of telling you that you know he kind of finessed it in there. You know, if if, if the guys pull it and they're they're trying to overkick it, he he finessed it, and he still had plenty of distance on it. So it, it tells you something about his leg strength. I think you said, correct me if I'm wrong, but Demetrius Harris had the most points last year. Is that what he was one of the top guys, but he wasn't. He wasn't the oh. top guy. But he was. He, he was uh, uh, for, for tight ends for for total snaps. He he got more tight end snaps on special teams than any other tight end in the league. Okay. okay. So production points, no. But but yeah, he was. Do you have somebody in mind that'll win that? Yeah, I mean Bell Bell's going to play, and you know Yelder, and you know those guys got to step it up, and and actually two two or three guys will possibly take his spots. So that's Chief Special Teams Coordinator Dave Tobe from the podium. My big takeaway was the question I asked. I just was confirming the returners that you'll see this weekend, and that is Tremont Smith as the kick returner and Tyreek Hill as the punt returner. Those are your top guys. I'm interested in seeing what happens when DeAnthony Thomas comes back next week. Don't forget he's suspended this week because of the marijuana possession and the arrest and so on and so forth. Once the Chiefs activate DeAnthony Thomas, I just wonder what the future holds for Tremont Smith because, again, he's been changing positions. They now have him listed as a cornerback. I don't know if he stays in this roster. That remains to be seen, but we won't get to that until after this week one game. It's the Chiefs visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars again. The next thing you'll hear on this podcast channel is the Arrowhead Pride game preview that should post sometime mid-Friday afternoon. And then Sunday morning from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, the Arrowhead Pride tailgate live on 610 Sports Radio with myself and Ken Swanson. That'll get you ready. Everything you need to know headed into Sunday's game should be an exciting show, should be an exciting Sunday. I hope you enjoy your first game day. We'll be back next week with your coverage on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We're excited about it. Stick around. Coming up next, the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. 
high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.